Hey everyone, welcome to Mind Body Grains Beauty Podcast, Clean Beauty School. I'm your host, Beauty Director Alexandra Angler. So today I am chatting with supermodel, Sports Illustrated cover model, wellness ambassador, and entrepreneur Kate Bach. Now, as an editor who has spent a decent amount of time in the media industry and has worked with and interviewed her fair share of models, I know that it is not exactly an industry that encourages wellness. Sure, several people have emerged from the industry as role models who speak openly and candidly about mental, emotional, and physical health. You know, people like Ashley Graham, Alec Weck, and Elle McPherson come to mind. But overall, it's an industry that has historically valued aesthetics over all else, and often at the cost of well-being. That's why I find it refreshing to meet people who are in this world who not only prioritize their own mental and physical health, but encourage others to do the same. Throughout this episode, I spoke with Kate about what she's learned during her journey and what she wants others to learn too. And what really struck me about our conversation is how simple and grounded the advice is. I think we can get caught up in the new and next of it all and think that Whatever's on the horizon will be our beauty and well-being savior, but so often it really just comes down to treating yourself kindly and with intention. So let's go ahead and get into it. Kate, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you know, I, I would love to just start off and hear about your health and wellness journey and help our listeners just get to know you a little bit better. Did you grow up interested in wellness and beauty? Did it come later on? I would just love to hear your story. Yeah, I actually feel very lucky. My mom very focused on like feeding us. Sorry, my mom was very focused on feeding us all organic food. She shopped at like the small organic store that was a little further away, but made sure to always get us clean products to eat at home. We really didn't have many sugary treats in our house. It was like once it was actually each of us on our birthdays, my siblings and I, the three of us got to have like a birthday cereal, which means we got to like splurge on like one kind of like unhealthy cereal. Cause all we were allowed was like multi-grain Cheerios or my mom would make us fresh smoothies in the morning. We really ate super clean at my house. So as a kid, I don't think I really noticed it that much. I just thought that was normal sort of like we didn't eat fast food and we didn't like, we really ate very clean but I just thought it was normal. And then now that I've grown up a bit, I really appreciate what she did and realized that we were very lucky to eat that way. And I think it's kind of interesting to talk to different friends and stuff because some of my friends feel like they were really restricted as kids and their parents were very clean eaters and they feel like now they were never allowed sugar. So now like as an adult, they're like, give me the sugar whenever I can have it. I, I need it. Like sure. I was deprived my whole life. And others feel like, you know, I grew up eating unhealthy. So that's what makes me feel kind of like nostalgic and homey. So I crave unhealthy foods when I'm, you know, having a hard time or whatever, because that's just what makes me kind of feel comforted. So I think it can kind of go both ways. I think we weren't super restricted. I was allowed to, you know, eat the pizza at birthday parties and have the ice cream cake and whatever we wanted. And I remember, you know, making Fruit Loop chains at my friend's house and thinking like, oh my God, they get to eat Fruit Loops regularly? Like what a life, like so lucky. Well, we didn't really have, We I remember we used to have canned peaches and that was like our like dessert splurge on like the rarity we were allowed to have a dessert. 
Well, how did that, I mean, yeah. you know, it, you said you felt like you had a balance. And so, you know, in your adult life, how did that translate? Like how, how did that evolve as you got older? I think it was really helpful. I mean, I left home and I went straight to Paris. So I moved to a sure. foreign country in a foreign language. I actually went to French school. So I did speak French, but I had never, you know, been to a French grocery store or kind of like I had to learn all the products over again. I didn't recognize anything. And I think I was just drawn to healthier foods. It definitely took a while, I think, in my 20s to figure out the right balance for me and suddenly cooking for myself and, you know, taking care of myself in a foreign country. It took a while to find the balance. And I think a lot of people in their early 20s, whether you're a model or a student or working a job or, you know, have a family and kids you're taking care of, everyone has busy lives and everyone, I think, wants to feel their best and look their best and everyone wants to feel good. And it, it takes a minute, I think. And a lot of people are really hard on themselves, but it does take a minute to kind of figure out what you put in your body, what's going to give you good energy, what's going to give you clear skin, what's going to kind of make you feel good, what's going to what's going to kind of give you your best life or your best self. Because when I'm not eating well, I mean, I'm currently in Las Vegas and I'm finding it very difficult to find healthy food here. It's like a struggle to find a salad. And I just yeah. find I'm not, I feel like less in control of my life when I'm not eating foods that are good for me. And that I know are kind of like clean and healthy and energizing me in the good way when I'm kind of like makeshifting out of what I can, what I can find here it's a little bit harder. And I think eating clean really kind of guides my whole self for the day, for the week, for the month. If I just know I have options, I'm going to make these foods. I'm still going to splurge and have my wine and my chocolate sure. and, you know, pasta from time to time that that's delicious. But I think eating is really like the primary source of energy, skin clarity, you know, feeling good in my body. So that's something that really kind of runs my life. That is such a mind, body, green view of, you know, holistic well-being. And mm -hmm. I can't wait to get into the particulars later. I have so many questions about, you know, how you live your life day to day. But before we get into that, I'm, you know, I am really curious, you know, you said that you moved to Paris to you be in the, the modeling and fashion and beauty industry. And this is, you know, a beauty podcast, a wellness podcast. And I'm just, I'm curious about how to did being in that industry influence your views on wellness? Were there challenges because you were in the industry? Did you find that it helped you? I mean, challenges for sure. I would say, I mean, I grew up playing every sport possible. I really was like, I swam three days a week before school, every day after school on Saturday mornings, I played soccer, I played baseball. So I was like a super scheduled, busy, running from place to place kind of kid. And I ate clean, but I probably ate more because I was just, you know, trying to balance between all of my sports. And then moving to Paris, being in the fashion industry, starting at a time where your measurements had to be a very small measurement to be accepted in the fashion industry at that time. It was definitely a struggle trying to figure out the balance between you know, I had never really like been in a gym before I played soccer, I swam, I was like doing sports on teams. So I think finding the balance between eating healthy, cooking for yourself, finding healthy snacks on the go, because I was running around Paris, going to castings all day, I'd get like a, a fax printout of my appointments for the date. And then you use your map book and try to schedule which subways to take, or metros if you're in Paris all over the city and running around. So 
I didn't really have, I also was on a budget. I got hundred euros a week from my agency to live off of. And that's how it started. So it wasn't like I could be going to these like beautiful restaurants for meals, like hundred euros was my entire week's money. And that included my subway card that was 20 euros. So, um, trying to find inexpensive ways to work out and feel active and eat clean was definitely a challenge. And I felt a lot of pressure to figure it out. And it, it was really hard because you know what the cheapest things are? Baguettes, you know? Yeah. Like, that's, and like croissant, like you'd get to set in Paris in the morning and a lot of people would be smoking and they would have a little espresso maker and a little bowl of like a basket of croissant and some oranges that was sure. it. Like, that was breakfast so trying to figure out kind of a, a good balance not eating anything makes you look bad makes you feel bad you look tired you're you know like that doesn't work and eating lots of pastries doesn't totally work either so yeah it, it was definitely a challenge and a struggle in the beginning to figure out what works for me, what I can afford, what what I can bring with me on the go, how I can do food prep for the week. I almost wish that I had done a course. Like if someone had told me ahead of time, this is what you're walking into and these are some ideas because I just really felt lost for a while there. Do you find in your experience that the industry is changing because you know I think for so long the modeling industry was associated with exactly what you said it's like people smoking mm -hmm. having their espresso not eating mm -hmm. and you know from what perhaps I gather on the outside it does seem that it I would hope that it's starting to have more of a focus on a healthy lifestyle with models like yourself who you know do view themselves as like wellness ambassadors do you do you find that to be true or do you think it's still a struggle I would say it depends on the client and the city and the country and the job. There are, you know, different expectations and different jobs of what they want you to look like. But I would say when I first started, I never felt like I could be skinny enough, like whatever I was doing. And I was, I was skinny. I was thin, but like, yeah. if you were just that much skinnier, it would be better. You know, like if you just, if we could just see like your bones in your chest or if like your shoulders were a little bit more square, like little things like that, I was so aware of and felt conscious of at all times. And you, I would live in these model apartments with different models who would all be doing their own kind of like coping mechanism of how to stay skinny. And some would only eat, you know, fruit and cashews and some would only eat from lunchtime on or some everyone had like sure. a different method of like staying that skinny and I would say that I'm very proud to be involved with Sports Illustrated and I have been growing up with them since 2013 which is crazy actually my first casting I think I just sent it to the editor the other day I found it in my phone from 2012 so I can't believe I've been with them that long and I've really grown up with them and even in the beginning, when I first started working with them, they were the client that everyone was like, you can literally eat a burger on set. They encourage you to like, sure. you know, feel your best, like, like doesn't matter. Like they are not judging you on your boniness. And that was the first client that I'd really ever felt that way with. And then since then, they really spearheaded this whole body acceptance. We love all different shapes. We love all different women. Like no matter what shape you are, you're beautiful. And I think a lot of different brands in the industry have followed suit with that, but they started it from sure. my perspective. And I think they really did a good thing in that so many people feel 
beautiful just as they are and not that they have to be rail thin because that is an impossible goal. You know, it's just no one can maintain being that thin and happy. It's just not possible. Yeah. So, you know, you you grew up in a very balanced household that prioritized eating healthy and balanced. And then, you know, you you became a model and you had all these expectations on you and were put in a time of your life where you you perhaps struggled to figure out what the correct balance was for you. Mm-hmm. Where are you now? Yeah. I think it's over time I figured out what works for me. And I don't know if it was maturity or like trial and error or just meeting more people and kind of learning different recipes or different ways people eat. Cause I think I was really influenced by my model apartment experiences. Cause you lived with these girls. They were like your sisters. Like you were together all day, every day. And you were the foreign in a country where no one spoke the language. So you would just kind of influence each other. And then over time, kind of maybe having a reality check and like living in a more normal setting that wasn't just models trying to be thin, but also my industry not forcing us to be as thin. I would still say I'm thin. I'm very healthy and um, active. And I, I think my body naturally is a thin body, but I before never felt that I could be thin enough. And now I just find, I remember when I was young, I thought if I want to look the way that I want to look, I'm never going to be able to like be social because I had a really hard time trying to balance seeing my friends that weren't in the fashion industry and they would want to go out for dinner and drinks. And I was like, I can't do that. Like I can't eat that stuff. I can't be there. And if I'm in front of it, I'm going to eat it. And then I'm going to hate myself for doing it. And it was such an internal battle. And now I think I've figured it out on my own, but also my fiance is also very health and wellness focused and both of us kind of make clean decisions and both of us like to eat clean. So it's not like one is pulling us out of our, you know, we're, we both really respect what each other are doing and it works well for an athlete or a model just to kind of, I mean, I work out all the time too. So we're nourishing our bodies. We eat clean foods. We eat healthy foods. I've gotten to cooking. I like found fun recipes. I don't feel restricted or limited. I totally feel satisfied with what I eat and like, I do drink wine. I do eat chocolate. I do have pasta. I do eat bread at a restaurant. I just don't necessarily do those things when I'm at home. You know, like I find a balance that totally works for me and I feel completely happy and comfortable in my balance. And I think I could have never pictured that when I was 18, 19, 20, that I would get to a place where I could kind of eat everything, but just like in moderation and just balance. Sure. You know, so much of what you were just saying really touches on this idea of mental health. And mm-hmm. we talk about that so much here. It is such a big part of our view on wellness. It's also a big part of, you know, our view on beauty. Mental health and beauty mm-hmm. are so interconnected. It, it sounds like you have come to a place where, you know, you do, you have prioritized your mental health in, you know, a really lovely and organic way. Can you talk about how how you de-stress and how you, you know, find balance and how you set boundaries for yourself? Because I'm sure that was a struggle given the industry you're in. Yes, for sure. I think it's multiple things. I think I found a team that I can work with. I my agent John, I've we joke that we're each other's longest relationship. We've now been together for 10 years. <laughs> Hilarious, but we really get each other and I feel that I can be very honest and totally real with him and tell him how I'm feeling about things. So I don't feel like I have to hide anything, which I think before 
I did. And I think when you feel like you have to hide things, that gives you more anxiety and more stress, and that only makes it worse. And I also, I mean, maybe along the same vein, I have a lot of cousins that I talk to every day. I have a lot of friends, and I find when I'm stressed, I get... I can get very stressed and I'll kind of get wound up. And then once I have a second, whether I can sit down on my couch or I'm in the car on the way to the airport, or I just have a few minutes, I FaceTime somebody and I, someone that I love that I know kind of maybe isn't in my industry at all and like doesn't care about what what I'm doing in that way. And I can just talk to them about normal life. And I think it just calms me down once I, once I kind of like spew out what I'm feeling and I, I, I laugh sometimes. I call my friends. I'm like, I think I need to like word vomit on you. Like I'm so stressed. There's so many things in my head and I just need to get it out. So what she brings up here, you know, calling someone and talking through your stress as an outlet is actually spot on. So many studies have shown that simply talking about our problems and sharing our negative thoughts and emotions with someone you trust can be deeply healing. It has the ability to reduce stress, reduce symptoms of physical and emotional distress, and it even can strengthen our immune system. And I feel really lucky that I have lots of people that I can call. Sometimes I get three, you know, people that aren't available. And then I hit one of my cousins or one of my friends that I can just kind of let it all out. And once I've kind of heard myself say, oh, I'm stressed, I'm like, okay, I can handle this. It's okay. Everything's going to be fine. And that really kind of like helps me kind of have a reality check on like, everything is going to be okay. We can, we can deal with this. I also definitely find moving my body helps. And it doesn't mean that I have to have a crazy sweat, super hard workout, but if it's like a 20 minute yoga stretch, like when I get really stressed out, my hips get really tight and then I don't feel good in my body. And then I don't sleep well because my back hurts, you know, it all kind of connected. So if I can just do you know, I have my good friend, Megan Roop does the Sculpt Society and we did actually a little quickie workout program together. So I can even follow some of our like 10 or 20 minute workouts and just kind of activating my body. And I find like being in touch with my body, like just knowing like, okay, this is tight. This is not like this stretch is going to like really feel good. Those things really help me zen and calm down. Also, I think there's a really big attachment between stress in your body and stress in your mind. 1000%. And I was going to ask you about your, your exercise routine, your workout routine and how you move your body. You know, you mentioned a few ways that you, that you try to, but what is your typical routine? What, what sort of movements do you like to do? What sort of workouts do you do? And how often do you do? I try to work out every day, mostly. I mean, today I was really busy with appointments in the morning and calls and I have to head to the basketball game. So I don't know if I'll get a chance to work out today. So it all depends, but most days I would say I'm active some way or another. I, it just depends. I, I really love, I have a hot yoga studio in New York that I love and I love doing it after flights. Cause I find I get all kind of tight from sitting on a plane for a long time or in the office. I also love going on runs. I take my dog on runs. I take my dog on walks. So just movement. I do in-person classes, whether it's kind of a dance cardio thing, there's a few different that I really like. I love Pilates. I love working out with a trainer Cause I also think trainers sometimes is like a half therapist too. Cause you end up kind of sure. talking about everything going on in your yes, life. I 1000% agree with that. Right. I know. I'm like, geez, you need to be certified in therapy. Cause I like really let it out in here. Um, 
So, yeah, I think it's like I personally really like to mix it up and just try different things depending on where we are. My fiance and I also, whenever we travel, we are very active. We're talking about her fiance, Kevin Love, who plays basketball for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Throughout the episode, she mentions she's in Las Vegas, where Team USA was in training for the Olympics. Ultimately, Kevin pulled out before Tokyo and did not play in the games. But if you want to learn more about Kevin, he was actually on our parent podcast. So for all of my beauty fans who are also basketball fans, go ahead and give the episode a listen. I put the link in our show notes. In the episode, they actually talk about some similar topics that we get into today, including mental health, coping with stress, and finding balance in a stressful industry. So we'll go to the gym in the morning and then go to the beach or go on a hike or make sure we, you know, go visit a beautiful historical site, but we're walking around all day. And I think for both of us, just being active, like kind of calms us. You know, you mentioned that you guys both are very compatible in your, you know, views on wellness, but how did you guys influence each other when you first met? Like, how do you guys stay active and healthy together as a couple? Because I think finding somebody who, who matches, who matches your views can be a struggle for people. I agree. Totally. I remember even some of my friends like dating and stuff and being like, I can't go on another date. I don't want any more ice cream. I don't want any more like dessert. Like it's too much. No more. I, I mean, we, we met and I think we just got really lucky. We're just both, you know, if he's kind of like, I, I really need to move my body. Do you want to just like jump? We have two bikes downstairs in our gym and at home, just our little gym with a TV. So we'll like watch our show while riding the bikes or we'll both, you know, take the dog on a walk on the beach and do like barefoot in the sand and just kind of like get active and be outside. Or, I mean, when we're on vacation, we work out every morning. That's like our routine. We both wake up. We, the first thing we do is go to the gym and then it, for both of us, I think it like clears our head. You got, you did. I think it's something about like, I did something good for myself to start the day. I always make the bed, you know, I get ready. And if I just put gym clothes on and just get a workout in, it doesn't have to be super long. It doesn't have to be super hard. It's just like something active to kind of connect with my body. Then, then I can enjoy the rest of the day more. Cause I, I like started on a good path and I'll maybe continue on a, on a, on a path that's like making me feel good healthy habits, beget healthy habits. And totally, yeah, you know, how you start your day really sets the tone. You mentioned that you view food as, you know, a, 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 almost as medicine, but it's, it's how mm-hmm. you feel your body. It's how, you know, you get your energy. It's how you take care of your skin. But what does that mean in practice? You know, are there certain foods that you prioritize? Or is there a certain philosophy of eating that you subscribe to? What do you eat? <laughs> yeah, I, w- I would say like, it's not a specific diet. I don't have any like title for the way I eat. But you know, I'm currently in Las Vegas, it's so hot and the driest place ever. So I'm sitting with a coconut water in front of me. But I, I think I mean, I am habitual definitely with my morning breakfast. I eat the same breakfast every single day and I feel great. So I love it. So I, I do two eggs with some olive oil on them with either avocado or some of this. I have like a vegan nut cream cheese that I really like. And my coffee, I'll do my workout. Lunch is typically a big salad. I'll buy chicken thighs, marinate them and make a bunch for the week. And then we keep them in a Tupperware in the fridge. So you can always kind of pull a piece of fresh chicken ready to go and put, I do like toasted pine nuts or like toasted chickpeas, toasted almonds, avocado, olive oil, different mixed greens. I'll make little lettuce wraps, but it's typically like a chicken and a 
some sort of salad something for lunch. If I need a snack, actually a brand that Kevin and I both invested in and our partners in is called Abby's Better Butter. And it's something that made so much sense for us because it was actually a brand that we discovered. She had a booth at All Star and she was a 15-year-old girl that wanted to eat healthy and was finding that there weren't very good healthy alternative, like healthy snacks that didn't have too many sugar and additives. So she created Abby's Better Butter. Her name is Abby Kirscher. And she has delicious flavors. There's 12 flavors now. And they're like date, pecan, cinnamon roll, coffee, almond, honey, almond. They're really great. They just came out with little squeeze packs. So they're easy to bring on the go. I just had one actually at halftime at the game last night because those games always end up being funny timing. And I'm always hungry at halftime when it's like 730. And I know I'm not eating dinner until 10 which is tough, but they're easy to just throw in my bag when I travel. I love having snacks like that. So I always know I have something if I need it rather than being stuck in an airport that only has, you know, the three unhealthiest restaurants in the world as options for food, which is still something I feel like needs to be revolutionized. Like why are airports so unhealthy? Can we not get a smoothie bar in there? Like what is Absolutely. Like can we just get like a sweet green in there? Yeah. Like why? Why not? We can do it. So Abby's is a great kind of snack and on the go. And then dinner, we usually do chicken or fish or steak. Most of the time fish. Um, And I don't know, we just get creative with it. I I make a really good beef Thai salad that's really clean that we really love. We got very inspired from our trip to Thailand and I just love Thai food so much. I find it so flavorful and so delicious while being clean and light. Like I don't, I don't need much because it's so flavorful and and good. So I I get very inspired by Thai food. Um, But yeah, I just kind of do different versions of fish. I think it's sort of like, the classic diet that I would always read about in a magazine, but it sort of just what we crave at this point. Like I'm not, not like feeling like I'm really missing sandwiches in my life. I just don't think about it too much. It is amazing that like all of the diets and food philosophies that span the, that, you know, that pass the test of time and, you know, they, they keep on popping up. They really just all follow the same sort of core principles. Yeah. You know, know. it's like a lot of people eat moderately, eat well, eat whole foods. Yeah. But I think so many people and still, I think as a model, a lot of people are like, oh, but like, you know, you have the secret pill or something. I'm like, no, 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 there is no secret pill. Like there's no, like, I just eat like clean foods and it's not even like I don't eat very much. I I would say one of Kevin's favorite qualities about me is that I do really love eating. (laughs) I do love food. I don't. I'm not like super restricted, but just the things that we choose to eat are healthy. So it like works for me. And then I work out and I move and I'm active and it just kind of all balances out. And, you know, if I'm feeling like my skin isn't feeling its best or I feel swollen or bloated or just not as good, drink tons of water. It's magic. That's all the answer is. Just water, not juice, not flavored water, just water. Just drink a lot of it. And it it fleshes you out. It's like a miracle. I just drink tons of water, go in a sauna, and I'm a new person. Sure. You know, people always like roll their eyes at the drink water advice, but I I mean, studies show it literally improves your dermal thickness. You know, it's, there's just so much evidence behind the fact that if you just stay hydrated, your skin will look great. It's not, you know, this isn't rocket science. It's all the stuff that we know to be true. Totally. I just think it's boring. Like people are like, no, no, no. I want like the more fun answer. <laughs> like, well, so, I mean, obviously wellness is such a 
clearly it's an integral part of your life. It's something that you're clearly very passionate about. You know, I've seen through some of your charity works, you know, you, you Mm -hmm. do programs like wellness in schools and you, you obviously prioritize wellness education and, you know, being an ambassador for this sort of lifestyle. Why is that important to you to kind of pass the torch to other people and, you know, encourage people to live healthier lives? You know, why, why do you find that to be a pillar of what you work on? I feel like I was really lucky to grow up learning to eat healthy foods. Not that I was really conscious of it as a kid, but I just, you know, eating like a half of an avocado as a snack was something we did as kids, like things like that. I just thought were normal snacks, but I think a lot of kids aren't lucky enough to have that. And schools don't always provide very healthy foods. And unfortunately the most inexpensive foods are often not very healthy options And I mean, honestly, in talking to Kevin, because he grew up not eating very healthy, there was lots of fast food involved in his childhood or lots of sweets. And he's frustrated by that and feels like that's why he's kind of drawn to those things more. Well, it's funny when we talk, like I like never want a fast food. It's not like I feel like I can't have it and it would be bad for me. I just, I don't crave it at all. I never, and we wonder if that's like a nature versus nurture thing. I'm not sure. Maybe it's just my taste buds don't crave it. I don't know. But I think if you can teach kids from a young age, you know, to pick the most colorful foods and put those together and make something to eat or kind of even teach parents how to make some school lunches that are not super expensive, but they can provide really good nutrition and they're really healthy. So I discovered wellness in the schools after kind of having a conversation just like this with my agent. And we were looking like, okay, we want to get involved in something like this. And I literally Googled like wellness and schools (laughs) and we found a charity wellness in the schools based in New York. And we were like, how perfect is this? And it's been really fun getting involved with them because they help provide healthy lunches for kids in schools. And obviously it's been COVID and it's been a little bit tough to be there in person. It hasn't happened. So we found ways I've done a few little videos for them that they show to kids that we've been able to do virtually. We did a a virtual cooking show. We've kind of like come up with different healthy lunches and different activities or different little like kid workout challenges that they can do and done them on videos So it's been fun getting involved from afar through the computer for now, but I can't wait to kind of get there in person and and meet kids and families and kind of see what I can do to help give some ideas. You know, sustainability is something that is on so many of our minds lately. And I've noticed uh, a theme in many of the companies and partnerships Mm -hmm. and projects that you're involved in. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of them tend to have this green component to it. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, was that intentional? You know, how much do you prioritize sustainability in your daily life? Yeah, I think now more than ever. And again, my mom was maybe before her time, but always. It really sounds like it. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like a big recycler, a big everything was reusable. Like every, she was, you know, we never had plastic water bottles in our house. We never, like everything was a uh, reusable. So she was ahead of her time, I think. But now more than ever, it's interesting because you can go, you know, on any of these shop on Sephora, Net-A-Porter, and they all have sustainable sections now. So it's, it's, it's becoming mainstream. I think it's becoming way more popular to do sustainable products and to make sure that what you're creating isn't going to damage the environment because we're kind of you know, reaching a bad place here and we need to undo as much as we can. So if you're coming out with a product, you know, like if it's an extra little challenge to try to find a way to do it sustainably, I think why not? Like we should be trying to help. We should be trying to do our part. So if I can support or get involved with 
with products and brands that are sustainable or are trying to turn sustainable or on a mission to be, you know, cruelty-free, sustainable, clean. That's kind of what I'm drawn to. And, you know, you mentioned that there is challenges. I'm just curious, what, what are some of the challenges that you run into? Well, actually, we were just on a call with Abby's the other day and we were coming out with some new flavors and I was I was coming out with different ideas to do different almond butters for the fall and, and different flavors and, you know, finding shelf stable products that are clean and don't have preservatives and that we can put on a counter for long enough to make it worthwhile and not be in the fridge space. There's a lot of different kind of challenges that come with making things clean, also packaging, you know, bottles. Um it's it's an interesting process for everything to try to stay clean and and natural and sustainable. It's it it kind of limits you, but I think it's worth it. You know, I think people maybe are willing to spend the extra little bit of money on the product if they know they can refill it or it's something that they can use afterwards. There's a few brands that I really like where the packaging, you know, maybe it's a candle and then you can actually use it as a vase after or it's a refillable or I just think that's the future. It's the way we need to work. So, you know, speaking of products, I, I've read a few stories that you were interviewed for, and I am extremely impressed by your skincare products. You seem like a real skincare fan. And, you know, I would love to just walk through your routine and how you take care of your skin. Well, yes, I, yeah, I do use a lot of clean products and it's interesting because some are definitely very intentional and some I, I like you know, I, for example, use Agave Bite Beauty's Agave Lip Balm, and I just like love the product. And then it it is totally clean and it is made out of agave. And it, I love that. I just find it's the best product there is. And it's clean. I worked with a makeup artist, Rosemary Swift from- Of course. Yeah. When I was- her. I don't know, maybe when I first started in New York. And I think her line and her influence and kind of her story helped kind of influenced me and I, I really love her products. I always have her little Buriti bronzer that's made out of like coconut oil and it's hydrating on my skin. I have dry skin. So if I can put coconut oil or any oils that are natural kind of like into my skin at all times, I'm happy to do it. Kosas is another brand I really like. I use that a lot. Super Goop sunscreen. I always wear sunscreen and I love Super Goop. It's like feels amazing on your skin. It's It's kind of like I like the product better and it's clean. So it's a double win for me. Summer Fridays jet lag mask I really like. I use fresh lip balm all the time. Merit Beauty is a new favorite of mine. Yeah. Actinacre is a friend of ours that did shampoo and conditioner and everything. Oh yeah. I love there. that brand. Yeah. Like the packaging and even like the little foam things that come in the box are made of like seaweed or something. Like I was like every mm -hmm. single part of this is sustainable. Like it's very impressive hearing their whole story and how they made like the box to the little, every part of it is reusable or sustainable. It's really cool. Um, so how do you pamper yourself and, you know, treat yourself? Do you have any favorite go-to things that you, you know, are you a manicure person? Are you a facial person, mm. massage person, all of the above? I um, am all, no, I, so I actually did a hand repair kit with 10 over 10, which is a clean manicure studio they do manicures and treatments and everything is clean there and we did just because everyone's been washing their hands more than ever this year which i fully support let's keep doing that it kind of left my hands like dry and crispy which is not my favorite words to describe my hands um so we did a little collaboration and they're all clean and we did a serum a cream and then a cuticle oil and it's a little three-step process. They're all small little products. It takes like 
one minute to do the whole thing, but your hands are so smooth and soft after they're amazing. It's on 10 over 10. It's actually also on Vera shop, which I also work with. So you can check those out on either. And I swear this kit is a miracle worker for dry, crispy hands. They're going to be smooth and baby soft. I love um, it. Yeah. And also um, a friend of mine opened an acupuncture studio in New York called Aura, O-R-A. And it is heaven. I swear. I love the acupuncturists, whether I have like a physical body pain, if I'm stressed, if I'm overtired, if I'm not sleeping well, I swear like any ailment I have, I go there and it's like an hour of heaven sleeping on a bed with, you know, the needles in you that don't hurt. They all, they're all doing good things. And I just mind all the therapists are so calming and I just find that place to be heaven. Do you, was this your first experience with acupuncture or is it something that you had been doing previously? Shout out to my mom one more time. Oh Um, my God. Your mom sounds incredible. (laughs) I know she's really winning here. Um, my mom's like very good friend. I think they met, I think in school, like growing up, they grew up together, was an acupuncturist. So my mom always got acupuncture. She like her friend would come over and do it, or she'd go, go get it, or we would get it. It was kind of, it was very much part of our lives since we were kids that acupuncture is kind of where you go when you have mental, you know, or physical ailments either way. I think it's interesting that some people only think of it for like sore muscle. And some people think of it as only for stress, but it's really Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. all of the above. Sure. Um, you know, throughout this episode, you've talked so much about balance and the idea of balance. And, you know, you mentioned you still have your wine, you still have your pasta, you still have all that sort of, you know, you still, you still live your life essentially, Mm -hmm. and you're not too restrictive, but I'm curious, how do you treat yourself? How do you spoil yourself? In food? I mean, here's another product that I love and have been working with. I I mean, we all know I'm very health conscious and I was first gifted Pompette last summer with Sports Illustrated. They did like a partnership and I got the bottle and it's in a 750 milliliter glass bottle, recyclable, beautiful, reusable. And the packaging is just gorgeous. And I was like, Hmm, what is this? And it's clean. It's low calorie. It's low sugar. It's natural. The flavors are great. It's a hard sparkling seltzer. So that's kind of something where I don't even feel like it's a guilty pleasure because I don't feel guilty at all. It's like 40 calories a serving. It's really fresh and delicious. It's kind of like a Pellegrino, a flavored Pellegrino that's a little bit hard. So that's something I really like enjoying. I feel like I'm the queen of hosting my girlfriends with some Pompette and a cheese plate. I'm a big like a a charcuterie board creator, (laughs) like artistically as well as for taste. So, you know, obviously this last year has shifted so many things for so many of us. And, you know, we all dealt with it in the best ways that we could. And I'm just, I'm curious, did this last year, did it, did it change or evolve your, you know, your views on wellness? Did, you know, did, did anything shift mentally for you? I, you know, I like asking this question just because I think I think it did for a lot of us and it's it's interesting to share how people coped and changed their 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 lives. Mhm. Um I I mean, I want to preface it with I was in Cleveland with Kevin and we do not have children. We do not have, you know, crazy jobs that we were trying to do from home 9 to 5 with children running around and in chaos. So I understand that that was probably way more difficult for so many people, but in 
our setup where we were home and basically like blocked from doing our normal job and felt kind of lost in that sense because we're both very scheduled people. We kind of created our own schedule. And I think that was something that I wasn't aware that I needed. But I think for me and for him both, creating a schedule, even though we were just in the house and we weren't going anywhere, but like you'd wake up and I would do my workout. He would do something. I would be do my business calls. He would do something. So we kind of each had our own time. That was, that was like a block of time. I'm going to focus on this. And then a block of time, I'm going to focus on this. And those are things that really helped clarify my mental health for that time. Cause I found if it was just kind of a free for all, I didn't get enough done or I'd get stressed or I'd feel kind of like worthless if I didn't do anything. And that was something that I learned about myself that I just really need scheduled time in the day. And even if the scheduling, some of it was like food prep. So I would like get the food, you know, make the chicken for the week, make some snacks to have in the fridge and just kind of schedule those different times into my day. And I know that I was very lucky to have the time to do that, but that's really what worked for me. And just knowing even though I'm not like prepping for anything, like we had no end to this. I didn't know when I was going to be on set again, or I didn't have anything that I was preparing for specifically or intentionally. It's just what makes me happy is, you know, feeling like I did a workout. I ate clean. I got my calls done. I even like scheduled in. I had like my rosé girls, I have four girlfriends and we do a rosé call once a week and we'd get on and do like our funny little FaceTime and just having those moments that I knew I could look forward to really helped me get through a very unclear time. I would assume that your normal life in normal circumstances is probably like all over the place. You know, you probably yes. are running around doing so much stuff. And so it was probably to to be able to have a schedule and to be at home probably felt... I would assume you had probably never felt anything like that before. No, it was crazy. I think, I I mean, even in our regular life, you know, Kevin plays basketball in Cleveland and I'm between Cleveland and New York. So I fly like twice a week-ish at least. So staying put for like weeks on end and not seeing any other humans was very weird, very (laughs) crazy. And I almost think, I thrive in like a certain amount of chaos. Once it gets to like an extreme amount of chaos, then I, then I, it's too much. But I think being busy and even maybe it comes from like even being a little kid and doing all the sports and running, running around from school to one sport to another sport. That's just kind of what I've always felt the most comfortable in. So I think getting to a point where it was like, there's nothing ever that you have to do. (laughs) That didn't work for me. Sure. So you know, you, you've had this wonderful career and you have been surrounded by, you know, people like makeup artists, trainers, wellness individuals. So I'm sure you have come into some pretty good advice when it comes to taking care of your body, taking care of your skin. I'm curious, do you have any favorite pieces of advice that, you know, have stuck with you? One thing that I've learned this year is we actually both wear aura rings. Do you know what that is? I, yes, um, I do. I do. Yeah. So it's like a sleep tracker. I mean, it tracks my steps and stuff too. But I found with that, I learned that even if you have eight hours of sleep every night, if the eight hours starts at 9 p.m. or if the eight hours starts at 1 a.m., that is a very different quality of sleep. And the earlier sure. you go to sleep and the earlier you wake up, the way better sleep that you have. And that puts you in a way better headspace. And every time you're on edge and frustrated, it's because you didn't sleep enough. 
So learning about your sleep and how to kind of balance that. I'm not saying you have to go to bed every night at nine, but just knowing the earlier you go to sleep, the better quality your sleep is, even if it's like fewer hours, it's better sleep. Okay, we talk about sleep so much here on this podcast, and we talk about sleep a lot at Mind, Body, Green in general. I have said this before, but the nighttime is the most critical time for skin and body repair. Not to mention, without it, our body actually breaks down collagen and elastin thanks to upticks in cortisol. Sleeping is skincare. But as someone who identifies solidly as a night owl and who often has irregular sleeping habits, this advice really struck me. I dug into the studies and while some of this does have to do with genetics, meaning some of us are just night people, overall getting to bed earlier and getting up earlier is better for you. Studies show that those with later bedtimes are more likely to deal with negative emotions and thoughts, whereas early risers tend to be more proactive. However, what's even more important than whether you go to bed early or late is whether your sleep schedule is consistent. Irregular bedtimes dramatically reduce your sleep quality. So even if you can't get to bed early for, you know, whatever reason, be it work or be it your own preferences, that's okay. Just do your best to make sure your sleep patterns don't vary too dramatically. And that is a really big guide in life to happiness, stress management, mental health, kind of all of it. And drinking water, I think it's another boring one, but no one really believes that you really just like need to drink so much water all the time. Never enough water. We drink so much. Um, Trying to think, what else? Well, I mean, I have a follow-up question to the sleep because I am somebody who struggles to get to bed at a decent Mm. hour, despite knowing how important it is. I mean, trust me, everyone I talk to tells me that I need to fix my sleeping habits and sleep get to bed earlier, but I, you know, how, how do you do it? How do you wind down at the end of the night? How do you get to bed at a reasonable time? We've actually recently changed our program from watching TV. We'll watch TV for a little bit, but then get in bed a little bit earlier and listen to a podcast and have all the lights off. Sometimes I light a candle really like adds a little vibe, you know, it's calming. And And I think just listening to something with your eyes closed winds you down way more than, you know, I was probably watching, you know, a, a chaotic movie that was very stressful. That's probably not the best thing to do before going to bed, but kind of winding down by laying down and listening to a podcast before sleep, I think makes a huge difference or a book or whatever you listen to. I I wanted to, you know, I wanted to thank you so much for joining us. I, I feel like I learned a lot, but clearly mm-hmm. you are somebody who is so invested in wellness and taking care of your body and taking care of your mental health and your skin. And I, I'm very impressed with how you do it and, and all of the simple and easy to follow and lovely ways that, you know, you, you take care of yourself. I think that's, it's easy enough for all of us to follow, which I I appreciate. So thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Hey guys, just popping back in here to say thanks for joining us this week at Clean Beauty School. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you're looking for more beauty content or just wellness content in general, don't forget to check out our website, mindbodygreen.com, our Instagram, mindbodygreen, and of course, our parent podcast, the Mind Body Green Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate and review us. Thanks again. See you next week.